take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to Philippians chapter 3 this morning. Philippians chapter 3. If you have ever received any correspondence from me, you may well have noticed that I signed the bottom of my correspondence, Pastor Tom, Philippians 3.13. That's because that is my life's goal. I press toward the mark, King James, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I recognize that in my life I've not arrived. I recognize that in my life, I still need to be growing, and I still need to be becoming the kind of person God wants me to be. And so I put that in front of my life so that I might recognize what the ultimate responsibility is that I have, and that is to keep pressing toward the mark for the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I have a high calling. I have the responsibility of handling the Word of God. I have the responsibility of shepherding God's people. I have the responsibility of coming alongside folks and putting my arms around them and helping them go from where they are to where they need to be in their relationship with Jesus Christ. I have the responsibility of going into my world and preaching the gospel and sharing the good news of salvation to every creature. But that's not just my role. Each of us has a high calling. Each of us has a high responsibility. Each of us has that which God has put before us to become his kinds of people. Now, the theological term of all of this is sanctification. And sanctification reminds us that in our lives, We are to become less like ourselves and more like Jesus Christ. You can define sanctification this way. A setting apart for a sacred purpose. Setting apart so that we might understand that God has a job for us to do. Now in our passage this morning, we have a complete outline of sanctification. Because sanctification has Three parts. Look with me in in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Now, here's what I want you to notice. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Christ Jesus has, let that sink in, will you please? Christ Jesus has made me his own. That's positional sanctification. We are the children of God. Amen? We have been adopted. We have been chosen before the foundation of the earth. And Jesus Christ has made us his own. And if nothing else should excite you this morning, that should. That you are a child of God. The Bible says, as many as received him, to them were given the privilege to become the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, that gives us a responsibility, doesn't it? Peter tells us, as obedient children, not fashioning ourselves together in our former lusts and our ignorance, but as he who has called us is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of life. So we need to be good kids. Because Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, has made us his own. That's positional sanctification. 
not only is there positional sanctification, but there's also what I term permanent sanctification. Will you look at verses 20 and 21, please, of Philippians chapter 3? Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And this ought to excite you. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. But isn't it going to be great when we get to glory? Are you looking forward to that? Everything that we face here on earth is going to pale to insignificance once we look at our Savior's face. So there is this wonder of permanent sanctification. One day we will see him and we will be like him for we will see him as he is. Can I get an amen this morning? Sanctification, setting apart for a sacred service where we have been positioned in the body of Christ, and one day we will be like him, and it will be a permanent position. Hey. But between those two, there's a lot of living to do. And we call that progressive sanctification. Hence verse 14. I press toward the mark, I progress toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And that progressive sanctification is the challenge that you and I have in our lives because that's the living that we do. You ever struggle with ups and downs in your Christian life? I know Baptists aren't supposed to dance. But we do the three-step, two-step, don't we? Three steps backwards, two steps forward. Three steps backwards, two steps forward. And in our Christian lives, we look for some consistency, but we're down and then we're up. That's progressive sanctification. The key is that we be a little bit more up than when we were down and that we keep on growing in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we have this wonderful thing called progressive sanctification, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now that's my struggle, is it yours? Now that's where I am challenged. Now as we look here into Philippians chapter 3, we begin this chapter with an interesting word, finally. Don't you love it when the preacher says, in conclusion? Now, I want you to know that Paul here is saying, finally, and he's only written half of what he wanted to write. Now, he writes to them, and he says, finally, verse 1, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you is no trouble for me, and say for you, I want you to know that you can rejoice in what God has for you in your life. Amen? The next chapter in verse 4, he's going to say, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Aren't you thankful for what God has done in your life? Aren't you thankful for the way that he has evidenced himself faithful in your life, in your circumstances, to meet your needs? Isn't that great? Thank you. Finally, 
bottom line, no matter what's going on, rejoice in the Lord always. And that's a good thing to tell people to do. We have a great time on Wednesday nights, and if you're not part of our Wednesday evening service, you're missing a wonderful opportunity. We begin most of our Wednesday nights by saying, what's God done here? What kind of God things have you seen in your life? And we rehearse these God experiences where we recognize God, a sovereign heavenly Father who is meeting our needs and working in our lives and encouraging our hearts and helping us to conform to the image of his Son. Come out on Wednesday nights, 645, is that right? We changed that because of children's choir. And we just have a great time together. Rejoice in the Lord. But there are some challenges in this thing called progressive sanctification. Now, if you're taking notes this morning and you have the notes before you, they aren't any good. If you were in our Sunday school hour, Mike Goy said, you know, it's interesting how God works in our lives and he redirects our thoughts sometimes. My assignment is to get the notes done by Thursday so that they can get printed and in your hands. I didn't quite make that goal this year. I gave them to Connie on Friday, but they still weren't where I wanted them to be. So they've been reworked, all right? So just want you to know that. Also want you to know, don't plan to get through this message today, all right? So if you're taking notes and the first part aren't any good, you can get them better next week. Okay. Paul here gives to us six dangers that we have in our progressive sanctification. Dangers that you and I need to be aware of. Things that we need to watch out for. Challenges that are going to come into our lives. And if you know what they are, then you can plan for them. And you can be ready for them when they attack you, and they will attack you, because Satan wants to stunt our growth. And Satan wants to destroy our joy. Rejoice in the Lord. And Satan wants to take away from us all that we have together. In Jesus Christ. Now the first danger that's represented is found for us in verse 2. Philippians 3, 2. There the scripture says, look out for dogs. Look out for evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. As we look at dangers, the first danger is that of dogs. Now I want to describe to you three types of dogs this morning. The first type is those who just kind of nip at you. You ever find a nipper? I mean, this could be a chihuahua. I mean, just a little dog that kind of... Always after you. Always pulling on you. Always trying to distract you. Always trying to get you to pay attention to it rather than what is the main thing. And there are nippers in our lives. Now, the dogs that are represented here... To the Jews were the Gentiles, the Gentiles who were always nipping at the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Gentiles who were not interested in following the law, the Gentiles who were out there saying that 
We don't have to follow the ceremonies of the, those are the nippers. I've had nippers in my ministry. I've had nippers that kind of grabbed onto something that really didn't mean much of anything and just held onto that thing. And they can just be irritating. Now, I don't want you to start to associate names with any of these folks, okay? I've done that, and I've asked God to erase them, and he has. But there are those nippers in our, that's dangerous. Now, be careful that you don't allow the nippers to bother you, and be careful you don't become a nipper. All right? There's a second kind of dog that is given to us, and that's the Rottenweilers. Did you notice it's in the text? Look out for evil doers, Rottenweilers, those who would take us away from the righteousness of God. Those who will say, well, that that you believe is just a cultural thing. It really isn't relevant anymore. And by the way, you can't be holy, so why try to be holy? Why try to live a life that reflects the character of God? Rottenweilers are terrible in our society and in our culture, but they're there. Rottenweilers are those that really call wrong right and right wrong. This quote was seen in the Battle Creek Inquirer newspaper, and it was associated with Rick Warren from Saddleback Church in California. I'm not sure he is the original author of this quote, but I believe it expresses what I'm trying to say. Materialism is idolized, immorality is glamorized, truth is minimized. Sin is normalized, divorce divorce is rationalized, and abortion is legalized. On TV, crime is sensationalized, drugs are legitimized, comedy is vulgarized, and sex is trivialized. In movies, the Bible is fictionalized, churches are satirized, God is marginalized, and Christians are demonized. The elderly are dehumanized. The sick are euthanized. The poor are victimized. The mentally ill are ostracized. Immigrants are stigmatized. And children are tranquilized. Our families live in a world where manners are uncivilized. Speech is vulgarized. Education is secularized. Advertising is sensationalized. And everything is commercialized. Unfortunately, Christians, uh, you and I, We are often disorganized and we are demoralized. Our faith is compartmentalized and our witness is compromised. You see any Rottenweilers? Evil doers in our lives and it's all around in our culture. There's a third breed of dog and that's the Duberman pinchers. Hey, I worked hard on this, folks. Help me out. The Duberman pinchers are also identified here in verse 2. 
Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. These were the false teachers that said, if you're going to be a real Christian, then this is what you need to do. These are the legalizers who associated doing with spirituality. These are those who said, you're not spiritual unless you're wearing a suit and tie. You're not spiritual unless you're carrying a certain translation of the Scripture. You're not spiritual unless you do this or that or the other thing. Those are the Duberman pinchers. Then they bring down our relationship with God to such minutia that all of a sudden we're worried more about doing than we are about being children of God. May I repeat that? We're worried more about doing than being children of God. And if we were more concerned about being a child of God, an obedient child of God, we wouldn't have to worry so much about doing because it would all be laid out for us. The first danger that we face is dogs, as identified in verse 2. There's a second danger that we face, and it's identified for us in verses 3, 4, 5, and 6. Look at your text, please. Verse 3. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Did you notice here all of the activities of the flesh? And did you notice that which Paul repeats? Confidence in the flesh, verse 3. Confidence in the flesh, verse 4. Confidence in the flesh, again in verse 5, verse 4. And then he outlines what his confidence in the flesh is. One of the dangers of progressive sanctification is that we have confidence in who we are and where we've been. I'm a preacher's kid. I didn't hear any amens. It's true. My dad was a pastor. I had two brothers who were pastors. I have friends who were pastors. You know, that doesn't mean much. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't get me any closer to God because of the responsibilities I have. And I don't know if you have any confidence in the flesh. Paul did. Did you notice all of the things that he had in his heritage that he could check off? Verse 5, circumcised the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. Whoa, Hebrew of the Hebrews, a Pharisee, persecuted the church, righteousness. I was blameless. Paul said, that's me, look at me. One of the dangers in progressive sanctification is the activities of the flesh. Because we need to make sure that we are not fulfilling our flesh as we walk in the Spirit. Scripture says, walk in the Spirit and don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I don't care what your pedigree is. 
you're not growing in Jesus Christ, then you're not doing what God wants you to do. And it's not about our pedigree, our legacy. It's about our relationship, understanding whose we are positionally, where we're going permanently, and living that out in our lives currently. It's a danger. One of the struggles that Connie and I had in our family was to get our kids to develop their own relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Because we didn't want our kids growing up and saying, boy, I'm saved and I'm where I need to be because my dad was a pastor. You know, that won't even get them a cup of coffee down at Starbucks. Right? It's a real danger that we have in our lives. And we all are to be pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. See, it's not who I am or what I've done or where I serve. It's all about who he is, which takes us to our third danger, and we will end with this. That's my way of saying in conclusion. Not knowing that Jesus Christ is everything. Will you look with me at verse 7? But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Jump down to verse 10. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And may share his suffering. Whatever we gain is lost for Christ. That I may know him intimately. A danger is not understanding that our focus has to be to know Him. Amen? We talk around here about being challenged and changed and conformed to the character of Christ. We don't talk about here being challenged and changed and conformed to the character of Calvary Baptist Church. We don't talk about being challenged and changed and conformed to the likes of Pastor Tom. We don't talk around here about being challenged and changed and all that the deacons want us to be. We talk about Christ. Because it's all about Christ and Him crucified. Amen? And if you and I are going to grow in our Christian life, we must become less like ourselves and more like the Son of God. Because one day we will have to stand before Him and give an account. You won't have to stand up in a business meeting here and give an account. You won't get called in before the deacons and give an account. You'll have to stand before Christ. I'm thankful for that. Because he knows all about me. And he understands everything about me. And he is the one who gave his life to save. 
Amen? Sanctification. Being set apart for a sacred purpose. Placed in the body of Christ. Permanent in heaven with the Lord. But between there and there, there's a lot of progress that needs to be made. And you and I are still working on it. But be careful you don't get caught up in stuff. Caught up in distraction. Dogs that will just kind of aggravate you. Activities that will somehow allow you to think that they're more important. And anything that takes away from who Jesus Christ is in your life. Amen? May I challenge you, rejoice in the Lord. Yeah. No matter what else, rejoice in the Lord. But also recognize we have responsibility as we rejoice in what God is doing in our lives. Let's pray together. Father, Thank you for the opportunity you've given to us to to share these things together. We pray, Father, that you would just work in our hearts and that you would help us to develop the character of your Son, Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray.